Rewind is brought to you by Press Play to Continue and recorded in the great city and state of Austin, Texas, also known as the live music capital of the world. It is written, produced, and edited by me, Corey Latimer. Now, if you'd like to show your support by keeping Press Play to Continue weird, head on over to my Patreon at pressplaytocontinue slash patreon.com. I sincerely thank you for your time, your love, and your generosity of showing me. Let's me know I'm actually going down the right path in life. Thank you. Now, on to the show. the labyrinth. It might be the impending imagination of a young adolescent, the very idea of wanting to become an adult, but unsure how to grasp such a tenacious task. Knowing that you are still at your parents' disposal at any given moment can be trite for a teenager, and have to figure out your own life at the same time can be just as befuddling. In essence, this film sums up the growing pains of a young girl wanting to break free and have adult-like experiences. Not only does it grab your attention from a girl's perspective, but from a boy's as well. Sure, the protagonist is a girl, who is played by Jennifer Conley, but you could also make the case that the film could work both ways. And honestly, I think they made the right call by going with Conley. She nailed the role on such a tantalizing level. The film started as a collaboration between Jim Henson and Brian Fraud. Fraud is known for his illustration works on 1971's Romeo and Juliet, 1982 The Dark Crystal, and then also as well as 1988 Little Nemo Adventures in Slumberland. It revolves around a 16-year-old, Sarah, who, like I just mentioned, is played by Jennifer Conley, and it's in her quest to reach the center of an enormous, otherworldly maze to rescue her infant baby brother, Toby, whom she wished out loud in such an annoyed manner to Jareth, the Goblin King. Say what? You shut up! Played by creative talent David Bowie. I want my brother back, please, if it's all the same. What's said is said. But I didn't mean it. Oh, you didn't. Please, where is he? You know very well where he is. Please bring him back, please. Sarah, go back to your room. Play with your toys and your costumes. Forget about the baby. Most of the film's significant characters, apart from Bowie and Conley, are played by puppets produced by who else? Jim Henson and his workshop. You could actually make the argument that Mr. Henson himself was a pioneer, bringing puppets into the mainstream media with the likes of Sesame Street, The Muppet Show, Fraggle Rock, and The Dark Crystal. To Sarah's dismay, she finds herself in Bowie's labyrinth world as her wish came true to have her brother taken away after frustration arises when she finds her stuffed animal Lancelot in his room on the floor. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I can definitely remember a handful of times going into my sister's room, both of them, taking things without asking. That's siblings for you. But Jareth reluctantly gives Sarah 13 hours to solve his labyrinth and find her brother Toby before he is turned into a goblin forever. 
You have 13 hours in which to solve the labyrinth before your baby brother becomes one of us forever. Such a pity. So Sarah meets a dwarf named Hoggle who aids her in entering the labyrinth. She, of course, has trouble finding her way at first, but meets a talking worm who inadvertently sends her in the wrong direction. Hey! Hey, hang on! Thank you, that was incredibly helpful. But don't go that way. What was that? I said, don't go that way. Never go that way. Oh, thanks. Oh, if she'd have kept on going down that way, she'd have gone straight to that castle. What I really enjoy about this film is the fact that there's so many different and interesting characters. Whether it's from the talking doorknobs... You can talk, all you do is moan! No good. Can't hear you. The wise man with that weird bird hat. Hey, will you listen to this crap? Mm. <laughs> will you oh, oh, please okay. be all right. quiet? All right. Okay? Okay! All right. All right. Uh, what? Sorry. <clears throat> Finished? The junk lady. Oh, yes. Ah, oh, yes. Charlie Bear. Right there. Charlie Bear for you. The four guards that give Sarah that brain teaser or... And I should warn you that one of us always tells the truth and one of us always lies. That's a rule, too. He always lies. I do not. I tell the truth. Oh, what a lie. (laughs) (laughs) Sir Denimus, the bridge guard, with his cowardly dog Ambrosius. Salute, wait for me. Oh, Ambrosius. It's all right, Ambrosius. You can cover out now. Come on. Atta boy. My loyal steed. Steady. Uh, hum. Ah. Forward. Uh, steady. Steady boy. Come on, Ambrosius. Just close your eyes and go. All those characters work off of each other so well. And the puppeteering is on point with Frank Oz at the helm. Frank Oz is also known for his works within the Star Wars universe. He mainly worked on Yoda. So at this point, Sarah ends up in the dungeon where she actually meets back up with Hoggle. And after, you know, they are confronted by Jareth and escape one of the many traps within the film, the two encounter a large beast named Ludo. So Ludo is kind of like this, he almost looks like Chewbacca, but not really. Uh, I think Chewbacca actually looks better. Um, but, yeah, he's just kind of like this large beast type lo- of looking character. Sarah. Sarah, friend. And uh, after another riddle is bestowed upon him, uh, she loses him in the forest. So Hoggle encounters Jareth once again, who gives him a drugged peach and instructs him to give it to Sarah, calling his loyalty into question. It's a present. It ain't gonna hurt the little lady, is it? Oh, now why the concern? Uh, I won't do nothing to harm her. Oh, come, 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 hot brain. I'm surprised at you losing your head over a girl. I ain't lost my head. You don't think a young girl could ever like a repulsive little scab like you, do you? Well, she said we was. Bosom companions? Friends. <sighs> Don't matter. As he is supposed to lead her back to the beginning of the maze, uh, Jared tells Hoggle if he doesn't do what he's told, 
he will end up being part of the bog of eternal stench. Uh, Like, this movie (laughs) is so unpredictable at times, you really don't know what to expect next. I've seen this movie close to a dozen times, and I can always pick up something new within the film. And that's, I I, I don't know, I think that's what makes it a cult hit, um, in my mind anyways. I also have to bring up the fireys. I think that's how you say it anyways. The group of creatures encountered by Sarah in the labyrinth. Lanky beasts with flaming red pelts. The hedonistic creatures are devoted to having a good time, which includes removing their limbs, heads, and other body parts to use as items in their games. So like the little game that they're playing, it looks like they're almost like playing basketball with their body parts in a sense. Very jarring, especially as a kid. Um, just weird. Altogether. Their approach to life is explained in the song Chili Down. Though not malicious, the fireys prove to be unintentionally dangerous to Sarah because they want to take off her, her head and play with it, not understanding that her head doesn't detach and reattach like theirs. So like the scene isn't quite clear of what it's trying to become and bring to the audience. And honestly, it doesn't really add anything to the film. I actually fast forward the scene because it just comes off as annoying and uh, could have easily been cut as it was poorly directed. So out of all the weird and baffling things within this film, I would have to say the masquerade ball scene was the most perplexing to me. Uh, yeah, Hoggle does in fact give Sarah the tainted peach and she falls into a deep sleep where she has a dream that Jared comes to her proclaiming his love to a 16-year-old. But she rebuffs him and escapes, falling into the junkyard where she meets the old junk lady. But before I get into that, I, I, I just have to go back and discuss what's going on in this dream sequence. So... You know, lots of women have distinct memories or feelings enchanted by Jared, especially, especially with his bulge. Oh, yeah, he's packing. His damn skin-tight spandex can be seen from miles away across the labyrinth. I don't know why it's so hard for Sarah to find her way to the center of the labyrinth to begin with, with that meat-packing bulge always in her way. However, David Bowie, or as we know him at this point as the Goblin King, is very much a grown man. So as an adult, let, let's, let's be honest, it's, it's pretty creepy uh, that the filmmakers suggested even a hint of romance between Sarah and Jared. There are laws against such a union in many parts of the world today. So, I mean, it's pretty wild to speculate such an egregious moment between them. Oh, yeah. I, I, I know I already mentioned this, but Jareth did give Hoggle this roof-laden peach, and the whole thing seems even more sinister through an adult pair of eyes. Also, another thing within the masquerade ball scene is that some of the guests are wearing masks with giant phallic-shaped noses. Mmm. <laughs> what? Also, we do see Hoggle, right, the dwarf, with his junk out urinating into a pond when Sarah first starts out on her journey. I mean, what is that about? Excuse me? Oh, uh, excuse me. Okay, now I'm, 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 I'm done ranting. <laughs> but those things, my God. <laughs> 
Anyways, to carry on to the end of the movie, pretty much Sarah and her crew make their way to the castle and defeat the goblin army with the help of Ludo's howl that summons rocks. I'm telling I, 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 I can't make this stuff up. This is in the movie. <laughs> it is really nuts. So Sarah insists she must face Jareth alone and promises to call on her friends if needed. In a room modeled after acclaimed Dutch artist M.C. Escher's relativity. You know, it's, it's like the, the picture with all the stairs that move in different directions. It's kind of like an optical illusion in a sense. It kind of messes with your eyes. She confronts Jareth in this room while trying to retrieve her baby brother, Toby. She recites the lines from her book that mirror her adventure to this point, but she still can't remember the last line. It's, it's what it is doing, in a sense. It's kind of hearkening back to the opening sequence to the beginning of the movie. So as Jareth offers Sarah his bulge and her dreams, she remembers the lines, You have no power over me. Defeated at the last second, Jareth returns Sarah and Toby home safely and turns into a barn owl, flying away. <laughs> it's just, what? Jim Henson and crew had to be on some type of a drug while writing this film. They just had to be. Seriously. Oh, by the way, George Lucas was a major component within this movie as well. The Labyrinth was released in 1986, so this was right after Return of the Jedi, which was in 1983. So, you know, George, he had to be on wanting to be, rather, on another type of a trippy adventure again. And the labyrinth brought it. <laughs> so, realizing how important Toby is to her, Sarah gives him Lancelot and returns to her room. And remember, fair maiden, should you need us? Yes, should you need us for any reason at all. Uncle? You, you do? I don't know why, but every now and again in my life, for no reason at all, I need you. She sees her newly found friends in her mirror and realizes even though she's growing up now, she still needs them in her life from time to time. It's a nice scene to wrap up the movie, and as the audience... It makes you stop and think about all the memorable moments you had as a kid with your most beloved toys. It takes you back to a time where things were a little bit more simple and uh, easy in life. So, of course, I'm way, way, way late in trying to get this episode off this week. But it is Sunday, and I'm just right on the point of not making my weekly... Uh, podcast. I made like a little goal for myself. Uh, it's actually one of my New Year's resolutions is to get a, a podcast off on a weekly. And um, it is Sunday, like I just said, but still managed. And um, thank you for your patience. I truly couldn't do without you. Serious. But I do want to thank you. <laughs> I don't know how many times I have done that. But seriously, thank you for tuning in really means a lot. And always Always be kind and uh, rewind.
Thank you. Rewind. As a product of Press Play to Continue, the show is produced by me, Corey Latimer. You can find me on Instagram at Corey with an E-Y and my Snapchat, C-O-R-E underscore L-A-T-I-0-2-8. As you know, all things Press Play to Continue are fan-funded on Patreon at patreon.com slash Continue. I'm internally grateful for your time, your love, and your support. Thank you. I do